Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. to another episode of the Roto Road Football Podcast. Some around the universe in this solar system, in this galaxy, are calling it the most important podcast in the universe. So I will regurgitate that one for you. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. And before we get to anything else, I want to tell you that if you enjoy this Tuesday episode, consider subscribing to the Thursday episode. Consider subscribing to the Friday episode. Just subscribe to the podcast in general. We have, you know, this stretch run of playoff fantasy football that starts this week, but it doesn't end there as soon as the fantasy season is over. No, no, no. We'll carry it through the playoffs. We'll carry it through the offseason. We'll carry it through draft season, so on and so forth, um, because you love the content and we love giving it to you as well. Also, Roto World Live will be available for at least another week. This Sunday, it'll go on. So again, I know that week 14 is critical for all of you. So many of you are in the first round of your fantasy playoffs. So leading up until those Sunday games, we have Roto World Live on Roto World's YouTube page, noon Eastern on YouTube, and we just answer your questions. We preview matchups. We talk about players, games, all that good stuff. It's a lot of fun. Most of the crew is there. So join us if you never have before. All right. And later on, we have a little bit of a new segment here with Ray Sumlin because we'd like to change things up. There's no better time to do that than week 14. But Raymond, you are here now. You know, I, I try to think about questions before we get going. And last week's was a hit. You know, last week's was a great one with you and aliens and ghosts and all that good stuff. So, Ray, I want you to rank on what you think is most logical to be real. Okay. What has the best chance of being an actual thing? Okay. You ready for these? So got okay. It. Got it. Bigfoot. Okay. Zombies. Okay. And the Loch Ness Monster. Zombies, number one with the bullet, baby. With all of the ways that we're able to... I mean, zombies already exist, right? Like, aren't there those ants that get, like, taken over by... Oh, yeah. By, like, plants or something? Like, the idea... the I, I don't think either of those other two things exist, so rank them in whatever order you'd like. I guess Bigfoot second and uh, Nessie third. But the... Sorry, any of our Irish fans. But the... Or is he, <laughs> she in Scotland? Sorry, especially one, one of two. You know what, Ray? I mean, is there is there that much of a difference right now? Oh no! Know? Oh <laughs> no! Direct all of your hate to Josh Norris at Josh Norris on Twitter. But the I would say in the future, like with the the way that we're able to kind of 
manipulate behaviors via chemicals, via, you know, medical technologies. Like, it's not that crazy to think that one of those could go awry. And we have a, like, I am legend situation or a 28 days later situation. That doesn't seem crazy to me or a World War Z situation. If you called one of those, if you if you refer to those things as zombies, which there's a fun argument you could have about the I am legend ones, then yeah, I think that I think that that would be, that would be not even just like, that might happen. Like that's probably at some point in the future, something like that's going to happen. There'll be some, there will be some either man-made or naturally conceived disease that leads to like zombie-like activity. So yeah, I'm a, I, I think that that's uh, I think that there's a big possibility that happens a big possibility as, uh, as some people would say, oh, by it's the way, I'm surviving the zombie apocalypse. I got yeah, this baby. down, baby. Uh, sure. I got two words for you. Oil rig. Ray. I mean, there's a lot of action here for week 14. Um, some new names emerging just this week that we haven't heard from all season long. And we start with Justin Jackson, who was basically the pivotal piece other than Keenan Allen to put the chargers on top of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And I mean, all the, all the talk last week was about Austin Eckler, but Justin Jackson was on my ad list. He obviously wasn't as high as he should have been, but he was on there because there's always a possibility that this was going to happen. There's always a possibility that Eckler was going to struggle again like he did the last time that Melvin Gordon was out and they were going to turn to Jackson and Jackson was able to, you know, really take advantage of this situation. Now I have to say, normally I would kind of cast the side eye uh, at a player who kind of emerged on just nine touches and 14 snaps, especially since Eckler played 49 snaps, touched the ball 18 times. But the fact that we kind of saw that clear switch in the second half kind of changes things a little bit. For me, Eckler had nine opportunities, which is either a carry or a target in the second half, and Jackson had the exact same. So I think if you're looking at this situation, you're saying, all right, if Gordon is out again, it seems like Jackson will be at worst an even timeshare in a great matchup against the Bengals the next week. The problem is we don't know if Gordon's going to be out next week. Mm-hmm. It seems like they would hold him out. It seems like they would play it safe with their, you know, just playing the Bengals. But there was a report on Sunday morning that Gordon could come back then. It certainly seems like he's going to be back sooner than we expected, maybe back in time for that big game against the Chiefs in a couple of weeks. That might even be the target. So Jackson could end up being just a one-week ad, if even that. But at this point in the season, I mean, if you're getting one week out of him, then that's that's certainly worth putting on a roster. Possibly another one-week guy, or even longer than that, is Jeff Wilson. Like, Jeff Wilson had created some buzz at some point earlier this season, Ray. Um, Maybe during the preseason or a little bit after during training camp. Then now, with Matt Breida, who finally has an injury that will actually keep him out of a game, even though he's dealt with a whole multitude of injuries throughout the season, Jeff Wilson seems to be locked in as the top running back on that roster with Matt Breida as of Monday, as of this recording, already ruled out for Week 14's contest. Yeah, in fact, you know, when you look at the waiver wire this week, there are really kind of three big situations you look at. You look at the situation with the Chargers. You look at the situation with Pittsburgh, because we still don't really know what's going on with James Conner. And then you look at this situation in San Francisco. And if I'm looking at all three of them, I think that Jeff Wilson is actually the top back there, the one that I Mm. want to target the most. And it's because we already know that Matt Breed is going to be out this week with that lingering ankle injury. It's possible he ends up going getting shut down. Now, I have to say, I have been burned in the past by this. As anybody who had Alfred Morris on their roster <laughs> for a week can attest, 
Yep. I have been burned on the past and assuming Matt Breida is going to be out. The fact that the coach said it on Monday gives me a little bit more hope. The fact that he kind of aggravated the ankle in pregame warmups, was forced into that game at Breida because Wilson left with a, with a foot injury of his own and then aggravated the ankle again, suggests to me that that's possible. But I think that at worst, what we're looking at here is Wilson getting one start. He looked very good against the Seahawks. He gets the Broncos this week, then the Seahawks again in the next two weeks. And if you look at the situation, it's actually a really great situation. 49ers running backs have scored the 10th most fantasy points this season and have the third most rushing yards in the league. So I look at all of that, the fact that we know he's actually going to get a start as much as I suppose we can know, trusting a coach. And I think that he's of those three, the person that I will have ranked first. It should be noted that if Spencer Ware, for some reason is still on your way for wire, he's the number one ad. Yeah. Spencer Ware, I, I, I should have checked. I believe he, I believe he's rostered in, in fact, I can look it up real quick. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a bunch because obviously people picked him up before the waiver period officially started. So yeah, he's rostered in 88% of Yahoo leagues. So he was, he was one of them that was added really quickly. So yeah, if, if he's out there, obviously the number one ad, in fact, I should make a note that I should put that at the top of the at the top go. of the list. But but Wilson, if, if Ware's not there, Wilson will be my my number one. Uh, another name is interesting is Jalen Samuels, who's a rookie out of NC State. Kind of was an H back receiving back for NC State. Um, I know that Mike Tomlin called James Conner's injury just like an ankle contusion, but I've seen. Twitter doctors that are, you know, very good at what they do by just seeing the footage. They say that it's a possible high ankle sprain. Do you think Mike Tomlin, one, Ray, is there any indication that he could be leading us on here? And two, if that is the case, Jalen Samuels could see a whole bunch of work along, I guess, with Stephen Ridley. Yeah, I think we have to assume that Connor's going to sit just because for our purposes, we don't know. Like you said, Tomlin said it's just a contusion. On Monday morning, Ian Rappaport reported that the injury is not major at all. It's not to his ankle, so it's not an ankle injury, according to Ian Rappaport. And it is, and that it's just, again, a, a bruise. Which, do we need two words for the bruise? Like, we do we need contusion <laughs> and bruise? Is I that necessary? So. Just re- rewrite the book, things. Ray. Rewrite the book Wait. on medicine and just change it all. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a famous doctor. And of so course. all of this, all of this comes very, very naturally <laughs> to me, but I think we have to act. I think we have to act like Connor. There's a chance Connor's going to sit because we just don't know. And if that happens, it seems like it's going to be Jalen Samuels considering Steven Ridley, the other, the other person in this backfield has not played a snap since week 10. So it seems like it's going to be Samuels, but I mean, you look at this situation. I mean, we don't know, really know how much the Steelers trust Jalen Samuels. He has just 12 carries all season we didn't know when he was drafted if they even really viewed him as a running back. And I mean, what makes him really interesting if you play in Yahoo leagues is he has tight end eligibility in Yahoo. Mm-hmm. So in Yahoo leagues, I mean, he's might even be ahead of, he's probably ahead of Jeff Wilson, but so keep that, keep that in mind for sure. But the fact that he has tight end eligibility kind of points to, we didn't know what this player was. We still don't, I guess, know how much they're going to trust him to kind of be the lead back. So I'm a little bit wary on, on Jalen Samuels. I think that if Connor's out, he's going to end up with the most touches. Maybe they just go pass heavy and they really get him involved there. But I, I'm a little bit wary on what we're going to see from him. Then again, they're playing the Raiders. So you got to like that. Ray, let's keep it going with Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis is an interesting name because we've seen Dante Pettis have his moments, right? But Sunday in like a huge defeat, right? They He put it all together. And he's kind of emerging as this number one option 
on the stat line, but Ray, we know that Marquise Goodwin, you told me before the podcast is returning. And so does that just cloud and muddy the waters here for possibly Dante Pettis to finish the season really strong production wise? Yeah, I mean, that's the real concern because he's blown up the last two weeks. He has nine catches for 206 yards and three touchdowns the last two weeks. You mentioned that he had his big game against Seattle, flashed all those kind of after-catch things that made him such a good punt returner in college. He was able to just skip out of tackles, to to run away from people. And so he he looked really good doing that work. But Marquise Goodwin's been out with a personal matter. He was back in meetings on Monday. It looks like he's going to be back. So... How much is there actually there to go around? Nick Mullins threw for 400, I believe 414 yards against the Seahawks. I don't think you're going to expect that to, to continue. And I, I guess if we're just like really thinking about it, I imagine playoff teams and 10 and 12 team leagues have better options than Dante Pettis to fill their wide receiver three spot. So it's it's kind of one of those, yeah, it's been great. He had two big games. I actually had him on the ad list last week because of the Marquise Goodwin situation. But the fact that Marquise Goodwin is back, I I just don't know how much you're going to be able to trust him. Week 14 kind of muddies all of the decisions that you make because there's so much pressure to make the right one. Um, And again, I'm sure we'll answer a whole bunch of them throughout the week as well. Uh, You also want to talk about Curtis Samuel, who has now seen like back-to-back games of starting wide receiver snaps because of injuries and ailments to Torrey Smith and Devin Funches. Yeah, and also randomly showed up with 11 targets. Yep. against the Bucks, And like you mentioned at the snap total, he played 26 more snaps than Devin Funches. It looked like maybe a snap limited Devin Funches. Maybe that's the reason why, but he played it was. 49. It was. He played 49 more than Torrey Smith, and that has been established. Torrey Smith came back, and they thankfully did not play him over DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. So thank you very much, uh, Coach Rivera. So we'll have to see what go- moves on for here. You know, what goes on moving forward here. Perhaps Funches gets more playing time moving forward, but... I mean, there's now a hole there with Greg Olson. So I wanted to ask you, yep. as Rotor World's resident Carolina <laughs> Panthers fan, uh, what do you <laughs> – fan is – oh, we're getting an eh with fan? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just watch them on Sundays. <laughs> I have no, like, emotional attachment to them anymore. All right, fair enough, fair enough, because I, okay. I kind of have a similar relationship with the Titans. Yes. But so back to Samuel. Do you think that this is was like a fluke? Or is this something that we might be seeing moving forward? Because you and I have talked about how absurd it is that how productive he's been that they haven't been getting him more involved. Is this the, kind of the start of them getting him more involved? Yeah, look, I mean, I know Ron Rivera mentioned that, well, beat writer asked him if seeing more and Samuel out there is like seeing the future for the Panthers at receiver. And he said, you could possibly say that or something like that. Good I strong think, response, Ron. Yeah, I, I still think Devin Funches will be a part when healthy and probably will see the most snaps when healthy, but we don't know if he is healthy. I will say, I I think people from the outside have a different and incorrect view of Curtis Samuel in that I believe they think he's just like a slot player. Who's a manufactured touch guy. And when you watch him and you spotlight him, Ray, he's actually a really good route runner. And he's He's actually exceptional. Yeah. He's, and he's actually an outside receiver, you know? Um, to me, if if I'm rooting for the future of this team, I would want Samuel and Moore to be the receivers moving forward as you finish out the season, especially for Moore, so he can have some urgency in his route in his in his routes that he runs. But um, yeah, I mean, I think when he's on the field, look, even in the small amount of plays and and exposures and, and opportunities Curtis Samuel has had, like every time he's on the field, Cam Newton targets him. 
You know, he had like this absurd, like 25% of his catches or touches went for touchdowns because Cam Newton knew, okay, he's on the field. Now I'm going to throw the football to him. It was basically that easy. And so you saw that last week when he was on the field for the majority of the snaps, 11 targets. So if, if we hear that Devin Funches is out, then yeah. Yeah. And I think I might feel it depends on, like you said, with Funches, but like if, if something happened to Funches or we hear that Funches, this snap count is going to the snap limitation, I suppose I should say. It's going to continue. I'd probably feel more comfortable with Samuel than Pettis, right? But I mean, there's a lot of ifs thrown yeah. in there. It's it's really hard early in the week. Really hard. Early in the week. Like again, all that we know about the Panthers is Christian McCaffrey is getting the football. That's facts. But at least your quarterback is Cam Newton and not Nick Mullins. So <laughs> again, these are like the Week 14 discussions that you get in your head that you're going to psych yourself out no matter what. Okay, Ray, I'm going to quickly do this ad read for draft.com. As you all know, draft.com is great. If you are out of your fantasy league, one, while you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate it. Two, uh, go check out Daily Fantasy over at draft.com. And it's different. It's not salary cap based. It's actually drafting. We love it in best ball in the summer. But here you get to draft team, a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, slash tight ends. The best way to do it is to go to draft.com slash RotoWorld or download the app on Google Play, the App Store, and enter promo code RotoWorld. Again, draft.com slash RotoWorld or enter promo code RotoWorld because that gets you a free $3 entry to use. You can turn that $3 into like 16 bucks. Just win. Just win, baby. All right, Ray, let's go to this new segment. Or I guess you want to do deep cuts before we go. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, Steven Ridley, I talked about him a little earlier. Uh, it could be a Justin Jackson situation. We don't know if Connor's you know, who's going to take over if Connor even sits. So keep that in mind in deeper leagues and Zay Jones, what are you going to do, man? Josh Allen, Josh Allen, isn't terrible. He hasn't been playing. He hasn't been playing poorly. He actually played really well. I think against the dolphins, Zay Jones has two great fantasy games in his last three games. His other was a goose egg. So, you know, it's going to be up and down, but at least someone to keep in mind in deep leagues. Well, let's talk about some of those interesting quarterback situations, Ray, because again, we want to play the optimal plays here in week 14. And I have questions if Aaron Rodgers against the Atlanta Falcons is the optimal play, not saying the Falcons defense is good at all, but this is a tricky situation here with, you know, coaching changes Aaron Rodgers not putting up top, top point totals this season. Um, I think he's coming off just a one touchdown game. Correct. Ray. Like, yeah. How, what's your confidence level in playing Aaron Rodgers? Because again, the people who drafted him, drafted him very highly, and they've likely stuck with him, even if better options had presented themselves earlier and throughout the season. Well, I think that, I mean, it depends on, it depends on what your expectations are for Aaron Rodgers. And we've actually talked with the, Rich and I have talked about this on the, on the Thursday podcast, I think, I think a couple of times now in that. Aaron Rodgers is is not what you drafted him to be. Correct. And I think that that's clear, and he hasn't been that for really the entirety of the season. Perhaps his knee injury played some role in that. Volume has certainly been a major concern. He has four games with 30 or fewer attempts in his last six. But on top of that, the efficiency is just not there. He's not playing at his normal level. The offense is broken, and I don't think that Joe Philbin taking over as head coach is suddenly going to change that. I mean, Philbin is is very much a Mike McCarthy guy, so I don't think we're going to see major changes throughout the rest of the season. So I think that Aaron Rodgers is kind of going to be who he is or who he has been at least this season the rest of the way, which that's not exciting, but he's also like the quarterback 10 right now. Yeah. So even though he's been disappointing, he has been 
at least a serviceable starter. You mentioned it; they're playing the Falcons this week. That's still a a pretty good matchup. So I, I don't think if you've ridden Aaron Rodgers this far, there aren't that many great streaming options this week. I mean, I guess if Jameis is still out there in your league, I would play him. Maybe Lamar Jackson, but I mean, short of that, we're talking about like again, we're talking about like Josh Allen. So it's there's not like there are that many great streaming options out there. So yeah, I think you just have to expect that he's more like the quarterback 10 instead of the quarterback one, and then just kind of build your team from there. Let's go with Lamar Jackson, who you mentioned briefly. Um, I remember a few years ago, Ray, maybe four years ago, uh, Colin Kaepernick had like a really hot finish. I was using him down that stretch because of basically the rushing totals gave you the floor. Um, I think this was when he was with Chip Kelly, maybe, maybe. Anyways, Lamar Jackson's given that same thing to us, and we've seen the touchdowns in recent weeks. Again, we aren't exactly sure what the situation is lending itself out to be this weekend with Joe Flacco coming back, and even John Harbaugh mentioning the two could both play in the game, but also that Lamar Jackson has earned the right to start. Like It all just sucks. It all just sucks, right? We just want Lamar Jackson to be named the starter, and we can go from there. Yeah, and I mean, for Jackson, it's kind of one of those weird situations where I think you have to separate – the real analysis from the fantasy analysis, because I don't think even Jackson's most ardent supporters would argue that he's looked very good throwing the football. Okay. I don't, I mean, it's just, it's been a bit of a struggle for him, but you mentioned it. You mentioned that, that kind of Kaepernick. I, I remember what you're talking about. He had like, wasn't there one of those games? He had like a 71 yard touchdown or something yep. like that. Full it was ostrich. like, it was a, yeah, it was really an impressive play. So from a fantasy perspective, Lamar Jackson has been able to kind of, ride that rushing attack. What does he have now 70 yards of back-to-back games after that big opening game? So it's not like it's going away. He has those touchdowns in these games and he's the quarterback 10 over the last three weeks. So he's able to ride that to a nice solid floor. And as we saw in that Oakland game, there, there can be some passing on top of that. I mean, he, he's missed a couple big plays that if he connects on those, that his passing numbers at least look quite a bit better. He could again, score a touchdown in the passing game. So there's upside for him to do better than that, but that rushing floor gives him, you know, that rushing usage gives him a nice floor. The concern you have is what you mentioned at the top is what are the Ravens actually going to do here? Are they going to, are they going to allow him to keep starting? Are they going to do this weird quarterback rotation nonsense, which is any fan of LSU football can tell you does not work. <laughs> so do not do that. But it seems like they're even maybe seriously thinking about doing that. So I don't know. I mean, he has the Chiefs and the Bucks the next two weeks. If he's the starter in those two games, you're going to like playing him. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know how how much you can trust him until we kind of figure out what's going to happen. There. I would love to see him put like thirty points up in both those games and be known as the guy that in the 2018 season put people into the fantasy championships. I would love that. The Billy, the Billy Volick yes. of 2018. Yes. The absolutely. Billy Volick Memorial Trophy. We actually should make a Billy Volick Memorial Trophy. I agree. I agree. Uh, let's close out with David Johnson, who has given um, fantasy players headaches all throughout the season, Ray, and maybe none more so than in week 13, where Chase Edmonds, who we both like coming from Fordham, yep. scoring two touchdowns, and David Johnson barely putting up any points in this contest. Uh, again, it's not like running backs are easy to come by, but what do you think his game is going to be like against the Detroit Lions? Um, I think a Lions team that has kind of turned it around against the run as of late. Am I correct in thinking that? Yeah, it's all about snacks, baby. Yeah, you, they they the Giants trade him, they go down. The Lions trade for him, uh, they they go up for sure. 
I mean, obviously Todd Gurley had his game, so it's it's not like it's not like they're they're a defense you shy away from. But you mentioned it. So the thing that made David Johnson interesting, despite his offense that was just terrible, is that you expected him to get the lion's share of the work, and you expected him to get basically all of the red zone opportunities that were there, the minimal as they were the red zone opportunities that were there. And that had been the case early in the season. He was actually scoring touchdowns at a pretty good rate. That had tapered off lately, but it wasn't because of usage. It was because they just haven't been down there. And then to see Edmonds come out and get those two touchdowns, and not even just like two touchdowns on long runs, two touchdowns from inside the 10. I believe both of them were from inside the 10. Like that's really disheartening. And if you're not going to be able to trust Johnson to be that goal line guy when the Cardinals, who just lost Christian Kirk as well, by the way, when the Cardinals get down there, then I don't really know... Like, I don't know how much you can trust him. I guess because of his usage, you kind of still have to think of him as a, a top 20 running back. And like you said, the matchup, maybe not as good as it was before, but it's it's still a fine matchup this week. But yeah, it's it's a really, really disappointing thing. And I don't quite understand it. It's not like this is some David Johnson, some veteran on the way out. Like, you're not grooming a replacement for him. You gave him a three-year deal with $30 million guaranteed like yeah. two months ago. Yeah. So I... I it was really confusing. I wonder if it was just kind of like a one-week weird thing. But it, it, you certainly have to be worried about Johnson moving forward. All right, Ray. That's it. This is an extended episode. I appreciate you hanging with me. Very, very kind of you. Um, you're a very kind person, Ray, even if you want to admit it or not. Okay. No, others, would, others would disagree. <laughs> Ray will be back with Rich and Nick on Thursday's episode. I'll be back with Ray, uh, excuse me, with Pat and Evan on Friday's episode. And again, Roto World Live this Sunday, noon Eastern. If you enjoy this podcast for any moment, hit that subscribe button and rate and review it. We really appreciate it. Until next time, check out Ray's column and, and we'll talk to you all soon. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.